Welcome to the Niche Podcast. Have you ever wondered how you can turn your personal experiences, trials, and tribulations into a coaching business? Well, I have a fabulous episode for you today, and one of my favorite humans, Meredith Gardner. She is a life coach that helps the sandwich generation. Take a listen. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Verony Valencourt. Hello, my friends. I am so glad you're here, and I have such goodness for you today. My dear friend and colleague, Meredith Gardner, is here, and she is a coach for the sandwich generation, which is people who are taking care of their kids and having to do caretaking for their adult parents, and she has got a fabulous niche, and I have her on the podcast today so that we can talk about all things related to how she discovered her niche. So, Meredith, welcome. Thank you, Veronique, so much. It's so good to be here. I'm just so excited to have you here. Meredith and I trained as life coaches together, and we're in a program for over almost a year, really, Mm -hmm. and got to know each other pretty well. And I have watched her. She is one of the inspirations of why I became a niche coach. I watched her navigate through the fabulous and amazing process of discovering a niche and learn so much from her. So that's why I have her here today. So Meredith, share with us a little bit what your niche is, because you'll explain it better than I can. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I help the sandwich generation to stop hating the hard parts of caregiving and to really increase their capacity to cope with the job because there's a lot that's involved with time management and emotions and self-confidence and just a sudden interruption in your normal life. And there are days when you wish it would just all go away, but the only way it goes away is if the person you're caring for dies or moves to assisted living or all of hard things that have to happen in order for the job to end. So then there's guilt involved and all of that. So I really help them stop hating the hard parts so they can cope with them in a way that's beneficial, in a way that connects them with their loved one and it connects the generations. One of the most beautiful parts of the sandwich generation is you have your children it can be involved in the care and daily activities of their grandparent or maybe it's a great aunt or you know a family member and that connection among generations can be really beautiful. Mm, yeah. So tell me how did you come to decide that that was going to be your niche as a life coach? Okay. It was a really great weekend. I was invited to a girl's trip with some friends and I had been listening to podcasts from the life coach school and from Jody Moore for about six months. And I had also been caring for my parents. My dad had Parkinson's disease and my mom had pancreatic cancer. And about nine months into that journey, I had been going one week a month to go help them. And about nine months into that, after listening to these life coach podcasts and using some of the tools and seeing how it helped me care for them and show up in a way that I 
felt like caring for them because sometimes I'd show up and be like, I do not want to go in there and talk to my dad. Like I don't want to face whatever mood he's in. And so some of the life coaching tools I was learning were really helpful to me. And I hadn't told anybody yet that I had been thinking about becoming a life coach. I'd been thinking about it. I hadn't told a soul, my husband, nobody that I'd been thinking about it. And so I went away on this girl's trip and the drive, it was like a six hour drive where we were going. And I told the two women in the car with me that I was thinking about going to the life coach school and and we were talking about it. And one of them suddenly stopped and she goes, Meredith, you should be a caregiver coach. I was like, it took my breath away. It stopped me in my tracks. And it was like this huge light bulb moment. And I really loved that idea. I really could see myself there and then um, decided to focus more on the sandwich generation, which so many people are in that situation. What is interesting and what I'm finding is they don't know they're in the sandwich generation. Some people don't even realize they are caregivers. So they're like, no, I just help my dad with his bills and bring him dinner once a week and check in on him and help with a little light housekeeping, right? I'm like, yeah, and you're caring for your children at home. You are in the sandwich generation. I am not only coaching caregivers, but I'm really educating people that this is what they're doing and this is why they're feeling pressured and strained and exhaustion and overwhelmed. And all the things is because sometimes they don't even realize that, yeah, I have become my dad or moms or whoever, you know, I've become a caregiver. And then it's like, since our brain loves to know predictability and certainty and caregiving is anything but that, we don't know how long this job is going to last. We don't know how long this disease is going to carry on and and it's probably only going to get worse. And then that kind of dreary outlook brings a heaviness to their lives and it's hard to shake. And so that's what I do. And it's hard to shake. And I like what you said earlier about like when it ends, you and I've talked about this a lot. When it ends is when your elderly parent either is put in a nursing home or once they pass and then you feel all this guilt for thinking about that. And I would imagine there's all sorts of stuff about end of life and like uh huh being the next person yeah after you're taking care of your parents you had experienced being in that position cuz you have tell me how many daughters I have 5 daughters she has 5 daughters and you just got a, an addition yes 4 months ago we had a grandson born into our family and that has been so fun so fun So now I do feel like I'm still in the sandwich generation. My parents have passed away, but my husband's parents are starting to have some health difficulties. And now my daughter has this baby that I want to be a part of his life. So we're now kind of thinking, are we going to do, this is an important part of what I want this message with you. And I appreciate you inviting me on your podcast because I really want people now to start thinking about what they want to do when they are in that situation. It will feel so much better to yourself and therefore you will show up better if you are honoring what you're capable of doing. You know, if you can't move to another state 
or you don't want to move to another state to take care of your parent, that is okay. That is okay. When we take action as caregivers from complete obligation of, I have to do this, I'm the only one, it's my duty. When we take action as a caregiver from that place, we live in resentment and frustration the majority of the time. So begin right now to kind of take inventory. What am I capable of doing? Do I have room in my home if they needed to come here? Can I go like I did one week a month? I'd go spend with my parents. My husband took care of everything at home. There are options. We don't have to go, well, it's the nursing home or nothing, right? There's in-home health care. Some are just like cleaning. Some are more the health care. Some will come and pay your bills. It's like whatever you do. I know one person, they like to go out to lunch with their friends, but they can't drive. So they have a service that comes, picks them up and takes them to lunch with their friends. So it can really be a la carte kind of thing. Like what are your parents' needs? What can you do? And if you jump into it, from, I have to do this, it's not going to go very well. It's going to feel terrible pretty quickly. Well, and, you know, you and I have talked about this. Once your parents or once one of your parents passes, you realize that all, you remember you and I talking about this early on, because my dad had passed a little bit before your parents had passed. Yeah. Just like how, like you suddenly realize all the frustration or the annoyance and all of the, that our parents' time, as is ours, is very limited on this planet. And once they're gone, that's part of what I see that you offer is like, once they're gone, like you want to have cherished those last years with them because there's nothing else. Yeah. Like that's it. And so coming from a place of, I get to do these things. I choose to do these things. I want to do these things can create such a different experience when your parents pass than if it comes from a place of no one else can do it. I'm forced to do it. I don't want to do it. And those emotions and that struggle can still be resolved after they pass. I really want to encourage that message as well, because we think like my grief I felt for my dad passing is different than the grief I felt from my mom passing. I was very close to her and she was just an angel to me. I just really miss talking to her and being with her. And it's not that I don't miss my dad. I had a different relationship with him. And I have come really since he passed and I've gone through boxes and boxes and boxes. Uh-huh. Apparently, apparently there was not a piece of paper that he didn't love. <laughs> <laughs> My dad too. <laughs> he kept every piece of paper. I swear we have found boxes and boxes and boxes of paper, but I've been going through those boxes and I see and understand him differently now than I did when he, you know, I taught a presentation yesterday on a tool called the manual, which is basically when you have expectations for how a person should be living, especially how they should be living in connection with you. So with my dad, I realized into this journey and through life coaching that I had a manual for him that he should be pleasant. Well, he was suffering from Parkinson's disease. He had lost nearly all of his independence. He was 86 years old. He didn't feel good. He couldn't move. He couldn't go to the bathroom by himself. He had all this. And I was like, 
my gosh, why can't he be more pleasant? You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) And so since his passing and really looking at parts of his lives through all these papers that he saved, I have found how much I am like him. He got involved in projects. Like I get involved in projects. He had connections for lifelong friends that maybe he knew for brief moments, but he kept those friendships alive for years. And he just was respected by so many people. But then I think at home he received, you know, it was different from a parent-child relationship than from like a colleague relationship. So I just gained this great appreciation for him after he passed. And that's a long way to get back to what I started saying is that that relationship can improve after your parents pass. Yeah. Yeah. I believe a hundred percent. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Did you ever struggle a little bit with niche drama? (sighs) Yes. Yes, I did. And it struck me so funny because I'm like, no, wait, I'm a caregiver coach. I know this. Why is this drama coming up? But it showed up in ways like caregivers are too busy for you. They don't have time to sit and go through their emotions or tell you their thoughts and find a resolution. They're so busy. That was one thing my brain would tell me. Another thing my brain would tell me is, you are living like you are making money off the backs of caregivers as if they had enough trouble. And now I want to charge them to help their lives be better. Right. And so I had to get rid of that drama too. Like, this isn't about me making money. This is about me exchanging value. And what I offer is worth way more than what I charge. It is freedom. It is freedom from guilt. It is freedom to connect. It is, it's huge. I remember when you were thinking about that as a niche, when we were coaching together and being like, oh my God, that is so good. And she's, you were living the experience of doing that. And just thinking I was, my niche radar was like, ding, 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 ding. But then of course, like our brains do this ridiculous thing where we, we default to drama our brain defaults to drama to try to keep us safe. Yeah. You were, I think, I don't know, lucky is the right word. You just happened upon a niche that for you really spoke to you. And what really helped was you were in it. So you're like, I can totally do this. I know all about this. Yeah. Which is interesting too, that I had drama over the payment part because I was a caregiver paying money to receive coaching for my caregiving needs. Like when I was facing the last year of my mom's life, when I was thinking about what it's going to be like for her to pass away. And if I were to actually experience it and be there with her, which I was when she passed, I was terrified. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what to expect. And I used a coach to help me work through that. And so for them, my brain to throw back at me, caregivers aren't going to pay for you to help them when I had as a caregiver paid for them, you know, our our brains want to keep us safe. Yeah, And that's part of, you know, the course that I teach dial your niche in five hours. I talk in great detail about like our brains want to keep us safe. It wants to 
prevent us from being harmed or from having to expend too much energy. So whenever we have these ideas of grand things we want to do, you know, at some point our brain thinks it's a good idea for a second and then it goes, that is just not going to work. Go back inside the cave because all the bears will eat you. When I experienced, like, I just thought I'd put my little self on Instagram or whatever, and people would just be knocking on my door, you know, like, yes, please sign me up. Right. And then when my little minimal effort to market myself didn't bring in droves of people, I thought something was terribly wrong. Again, brain going, (laughs) something wrong here, something wrong. Yeah, I call that just brain drama in general, but it's the same place that niche drama comes from. Oh, yes. I love that term, niche drama. It's what keeps us from moving forward. And the sooner you can kind of learn that that's a normal process in the brain for many of us, for most of us, and that... It's not going anywhere because even for somebody who has this fabulous niche almost out of the gate, your brain still produces drama. And it doesn't matter if you're starting out, if you're doing quite well, if you're doing like if you're one of the heavy hitters, like the brain drama always is sort of there at some level. Yes. And the other thing when we had to talk about an offer, like what do you offer caregivers? And I'd just be like, coaching. I offer them coaching. Like, what do you mean? What do I offer them? So that took a while to find the word. I just want to help caregivers. Well, that doesn't bring people in droves to you. So when I really like spent some time thinking about what my experience and thinking about what I wanted to offer them. And it was, I want them to stop hating the hard parts, but the A flip side doesn't mean they have to love them. They don't have to love the hard parts. They just have to know they're capable of coping with the hard parts. That is so good. That is good advice for not only caretaking, but taking care of your elderly parents or your children, but also just in general, we can handle, we can do the hard parts. Yes, we can do the hard parts. We can do the harm. And those are the moments when we're like opened and the rawness comes through and real deep connections and life lessons. I've been where I can literally feel myself growing. Like my heart, my chest is just feels expansion, expansion because I'm living into those hard parts and being willing to deal with them rather than run away from them. I read something the other day about what if all the hard parts are part of the journey to make you the person you're supposed to be? Oh, 100% they are. Oh my goodness. You're such a treat. I just adore you. Thank you. You're doing such good work and helping so many people with this. So it's just like an honor to get to interview you and talk on these subjects a little bit. If you could tell my listeners where they can find you on Instagram or, you know, whatever major social media platform you use, or if you've got a website, tell me what that is. Thank you so much. And I, again, I thank you so much for reaching out to me and having me on your podcast because I adore you too. There was like some instant connections with our group and great memories as we went through this journey together. My website is meredithgcoaching.com. And that's the same. Both my Instagram and my Facebook handle are the same, Meredith 
G coaching. And I'm the sandwich generation coach. I have a stress less guide on my website. You can sign up for some great tips to just kind of bring the stress level down and build it into your daily life. I offer a 45 minute complimentary call where I can hear your story and get an idea of how, of what your hard parts are and how you wish they could change and then help you bridge that gap. Everybody go sign up for that. I may have to go sign up for that. (laughs) Even though Meredith and I are friends, go get that guide and go sign up for a session with Meredith. I can vouch and tell you that she is a fabulous coach, really helping people. So excited and love that you were on here today with me. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. You're so kind. Thank you, Veronique. And go listen to her and go get her stuff, you all. She is really, really good. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may want to check out my Dial Your Niche in 5 Hours course. It's everything you need to know about dialing a niche. And don't forget to go check out Meredith at Meredith G Coaching, both on Instagram and that's her website. Have a great week, my friends. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.